Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Batting third, number eight, center fielder Shane Victorino. You know, Mike Sielski, I have had lengthy discussions with friends over the years as to what's your favorite Dan Baker name, which is of all of the Phillies who have played over the years. And Dan Baker has announced hundreds and hundreds of names, if not more. What's the name you like to hear the most? And I think that was mine. I'm thinking back to being a kid, uh, growing up watching the Phillies in the 80s. And I think my favorite Dan Baker name was probably one that was a favorite of Harry Callis's too, that Juan Samuel. Ah, well, there you go. Well, we are honored uh, to be joined by Dan Baker right now. Uh, last night, the Phillies had a terrific celebration of Dan's 50 years as the ballpark voice of the Phillies. Dan, it was, it was really, it was tremendous to see you there with your wife and your daughter, and I thought you gave an inspired speech and... I just got to tell you, from my my perspective, it was it was a perfect night to honor you. Well, thank you very much, Glenn and Mike and Kyle. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun last night, and the Phillies have a great tradition, and uh, I'm so proud to be a small part of it. I just want to set up some of the numbers here because it's pretty astounding. As we said, you're in your 50th year as the ballpark voice. Uh, there are only two who have ever done it longer. The record is 59, 59 seasons by Pat Piper of the Cubs from 1916 to 1974. Dan, you got another decade in you, I have no doubt. Uh, Matt Gelb of The Athletic did a piece and estimated by the end of the year, Dan will have announced 4,000 Phillies games, 300,000 batters, and said the names of almost 20% of all major league hitters ever to take an at-bat. Dan, when you hear that about yourself, how does that make you feel? It's just a function of being around for a long time. Um, and, uh, of course, I'm very, very proud to be associated with the Phillies. Uh, I fell in love with them from the time my father first took my brother Rick and me to a Phillies game in 1954 at Connie Mack Stadium. Always wondered... Uh, how I could be a regular participant, uh, perhaps like you guys, you know, as a young kid, I'm thinking in terms of me being a player. And mm -hmm. then, of course, become uh, 
reality sets in for most of us, I guess, in our teen years. And, you know, I guess I'm not going to be a professional athlete. And I thought, uh, well, I still would like to go to those games, though. All that green grass, that excitement, the sounds, the smells, the Phillies, you know. Oh, yeah. it was just great. And uh, uh, luckily, things worked out. Dan, I have a question I think people would be curious to know the answer to. How did you become the voice, the ballpark voice of the Phillies? Well, it was really a, a stroke of good luck. Um, Pat Cassidy, uh, who was the uh, chief press box steward for the Eagles, and I started out in the late 60s when I was still in college at Glassboro State undergrad, um, keeping statistics and spotting for visiting announcers. Um, and then uh, uh, Mr. Cassidy would see me get there early, and I'd get my box lunch, you know, and I think I was making my $15 a game. And <laughs> it's done. What, what do you want to do? Uh, said, oh, I'd, uh, you know, I'm hoping uh, to be a play-by-play announcer someday. And uh, he said, well, you know, the Phillies are thinking of uh, changing uh, PA announcers. We're not committed to doing that yet. This was after the first year of the vet, 1971. And he said, uh, my, bo- my boss, Bill Giles, will make that call. And uh, So you immediately bribed Bill Giles. Oh, no, no, no bribery <laughs> here. <laughs> uh, but uh, Pat Cassidy was kind enough to uh, suggest me to Bill Giles as an up-and-coming sportscaster who uh, had a baseball background. And um, he said, uh, Mr. Cassie gave me his card. He said, you give me a call next week, and I'll see if I can set this interview up for you. So I called him the following week, and Pat Cassidy said, I've got, you've got the interview. All you have to do is call Bill and make the appointment. So, Mr. Cassidy, thank you so much. What an opportunity. I had actually, uh, Glenn and Mike, written to the Phillies, written to Larry Shank several times before this, inquiring about opportunities. Of course, probably one of just hundreds of letters that Larry would have received. I always got a a polite reply, but it was usually that there's no openings at this time. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you Mm -hmm. for your interest. So, anyway... so in the fall of 71, I interviewed with Bill Giles. And Bill is uh, just a great baseball man, as you know, and a great showman. And uh, the main thing that Bill wanted to know was that I knew baseball. And uh, it seemed to me in our interview almost as important as uh, having a good speaking voice mm-hmm. and uh talking clearly and enunciating properly, Bill wanted someone who would also run the game-in-progress scoreboard. Right. Wow. Balls, strikes, outs, runs, hits, errors. And uh, so he was asking me some baseball questions. And he said, uh, is this something you think you could handle? And uh, I said, Mr. Giles... If you hire me, I will be the quickest and most accurate in baseball. And, you know, I've been in interviews where I've said the wrong thing. 
and I knew I just knocked myself out of the water. But I, but I looked at Mr. Giles' face when I said that, and I think, and I knew I said the right thing. And you did. And of course, I'm sorry, you did that for many, many years. Um, let me ask you this: you probably other than Merrill Reese, your voice is the most imitated in town. Every kid playing wiffle ball, you know, they get up, you know, now batting, and they do it. Joe Conklin does it well. I don't, but everybody does it. Do people come up to you imitating you, and do you think they ever sound like you? Some do. Joe Conklin certainly does. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, you know, there are a few. It's like I used to imitate Dave Zinkoff all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, up. sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, they say that uh, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, so I take it as a high compliment, and uh, I thank people for uh, trying to imitate me and, and uh, take it as a compliment. Dan, there are obviously players who have come through the Phillies who have been here a long time, who fans are familiar with you saying their names again and again. You think about it, you know, Mike Schmidt or Michael Jack Schmidt, you think about Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, these sorts of guys. Are there certain names of Phillies players who you didn't get to say all that often, but really, really liked to say when you got the chance to, a guy who was only here a short period of time or something along those lines? Yeah, there are probably a few like that. Uh, Mike, I, none seem to come to mind right at the moment. Uh, but there are, uh, apart from... Number 19, left fielder Greg Luzinski. <laughs> or number 12, second baseman Nicky Morandini. Um, there's a lot of other names that I enjoy saying. When, when people ask me, uh, Glenn and Mike, uh, about my favorite names, I usually try to put it in a generic uh, uh, answer uh, that I like the poly syllabic names uh, because the multiple syllables lend themselves to a more melodic interpretation. I, I would just, sorry, Dan, I don't mean to interrupt, but I would just like to point out that's probably the first time in sports talk radio history someone has used the word polysyllabic <laughs> on the air. I, I'm thinking uh, Nick Castellanos was a good signing for you. Yes, yes. Give me one, please. Now batting for the Phillies, right fielder Nick Castellanos. Yeah, that's great. You know, Gary He's Matthews said Gary, he is. I know you're you're saying it with a little more enthusiasm. <laughs> um, when um, I, uh, Gary Matthews once said that when he heard you announce his names, it gave him goosebumps. That had to make you feel good. It sure does. Uh, of course, I'm a big fan of Sarge. Sarge is here this weekend. Uh, to me. Uh, Glenn and Mike, this is the greatest regular season weekend year in and year out with the Phillies. Alumni weekend and Wall of Fame night, and it's really exciting at the ballpark. I'll tell you, it was electric there last night. Dan, I want to tell our listeners just a quick anecdote. When I was a senior at uh, LaSalle University in the fall of 1996, I was able to travel to cover a couple basketball tournaments that the men's team was playing, and you at the time were the play-by-play voice of the Explorers. Uh, and I was, you know, a 21-year-old kid 
nervous as heck to meet you. And I don't know if you remember this. You actually had me keep stats for you during those broadcasts. Um, so I kind of wanted to say thank you for treating a young snot-nosed kid who wanted to get into this business uh, with so much graciousness. It was my pleasure, Mike. And, you know, uh, I'm sure this is true uh, of Glenn as well. Um, I had a lot of people help me along the way. And I, I have tried to reach out and help young people, um, you know, especially if someone asks for my help. But um, I think we all need some assistance uh, along the way. And um, you never know uh, when somebody can help open a door. And I try to encourage people to network and get as much experience as they can because you never know when that door is going to open for you. Absolutely. You pay it forward. Dan, one more thing. I think people know that you've gone through some health issues, some cancer, some radiation treatments. Uh, you look great last night. You sound terrific this year. You doing well? I'm doing well. Um, I had a couple of surgeries uh, July 15th and 16th. I'm actually going to have another uh, minor surgery, uh, an outpatient surgery, next Friday. Um, it's going to be a, a, a little skin graft uh, from my leg to my arm. But um, I just received wonderful, wonderful care. The doctors, the nurses, the medical staff at Jefferson the otolaryngology department, the infectious disease department. My uh, case was a pretty complex one, but I, I just think the doctors have been brilliant. And uh, here I am, uh, what a fortunate person uh, am I uh, to continue my police career, to be with my family and friends, uh, and to be on this wonderful, wonderful Saturday radio show <laughs> Thank you. Glenn Macnow and Mike Sealski. I've been listening to your show, Glenn, with Ray Didinger. Uh, my wife and I almost never miss a Saturday. And uh, I'm glad to see you have another great partner to team up with. Well, thank you. Thank so, you, Dan. So nine years from Pat Piper's record, and uh, I am counting on it. I'm counting on uh, talking to you then. Uh, one last request, our producer, Kyle, who you were so nice to, says his favorite ever. Kyle, who was your favorite ever? My favorite was Carlos Ruiz. Can you give him one before you go? Now batting for the Phillies, number 51, catcher, Carlos Ruiz. Oh, it's so great. Dan, um, congrats. We wish you and your wife and your family the best, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you very much, Glenn and Mike. All right. Have a Thank you, Dan. Weekend. Have a great one. He's the greatest guy. He's, he's uh, an absolute the, gem. He's the greatest guy. You know, there are not many people anywhere but in our town who you can say, everybody likes this guy. Everybody. Everybody likes him. And we didn't even get into the other aspect of his career, oh, which yeah. is college basketball. Yeah, in the city he, was, of Philadelphia. he was big. He was the director of the Big Five. Saw, the saw all those coaches there last exactly. night. Phil Martelli comes back. Jay was there. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Love him. Uh, let's get Jake in Collingswood. You're on with Mike and Glenn. Hey, Jake. Good morning. Um, I hope Dan is still listening because uh, I'd just like to extend my uh, best wishes to him and let him know how much he's cherished. Uh, I grew up in northern Jersey, so I'm aware of uh, iconic voices like Bob Shepard, who did the announcements over at Yankee Stadium, and 
uh, Dan is an essential part of the Phillies baseball experience. Players come and go, but when we had Whitey and Harry in the booth and all those years of bad baseball, <laughs> they kept our interest and our love of the game. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, you, can't, you can't say enough about these people. I agree. How about, how about that stat that um, the Athletic had? I said Matt Gelb wrote the piece, right? Yes. He has called the names, he has announced the names of 20% of the hitters who ever played Major League Baseball. That's remarkable. And, and, you know, I mean, they were playing Major League Baseball in 1880. That's really something. Jake, what do you have about the pitching staff? Well, uh, you know, I'm hopeful. Before I go into the pitching staff, I'm just glad that he brought up Greg Luzinski. Because being Polish, that was always a source of pride for me. <laughs> you, sound like my, you sound like my father, Jake. There you go. But uh, And also, uh, currently, how could you top J.T. Real Muto, the way he does that one more. I'm telling you, if I'm Real Muto, I'm, like, pumped yeah. when I hear that. Yep, I agree. But the, the, the pitching staff, let me tell you, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful because, uh, you know, uh, I, I was hoping they get Syndergaard. Uh, it wasn't uh, uh, a great start the other night by, by no stretch of the imagination, but I'm hoping that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll get a little stronger with each outing over here. And last night's performance by Gibson was just, uh, it's, it's really terrific. thing of beauty. The thing with Syndergaard that I, I'm hoping, it seems to me like he has yet to adjust from being the guy who could just throw it by everybody to a guy who needs a little more guile. And you're hoping that the pitching, uh, Kyle Cawthon, wait, Cawthon, yeah, yeah. Can, can kind of help guide him toward finding himself. The consummate example of this, uh, of what you're talking about, Glenn, and I'm sure some of our listeners will remember this name, was Frank Tanana. Yeah. Who came up with oh, the yeah. Angels and threw fire and Loved him. had arm problems and became... A crafty lefty. Uh, the ultimate crafty lefty. And With the Tigers, hung on forever. Exactly. Well. Um, and, I, you know, I think you're right. I think Syndergaard has to, for lack of a better way of putting it, kind of reconcile himself to who he is now and go through the process of figuring out, how do I get guys out when I'm not hitting triple digits on the radar? Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil in the Northeast, you're on uh, 94 VIP. Morning, uh, there, was, there were so many, but, you know, you know, but Dan, I mean, I, I think the Phillies, you know, what he's done, you know, like uh, with the Fanatic and interacting with Harry Callis, and, and like he said, with Larry Shine, you know, uh, you know, doing the public relations. You know, one of the things do- I love, I'm sorry to interrupt you, one of the things oh, I, I love about Dan is he announces the lineup from on the field. Yes. So you see him every night on the field doing it and get that enthusiasm. He's not just he's not just a a faceless voice. He's people know what he looks like. One of the my favorite aspects of him being on the field before Phillies game and going through that process that you're describing, Glenn, is when he gets ready to introduce uh, the person or people who are going to sing the national anthem, because the way he says. The United States of America yeah. makes it sound like he's introducing United States of America. It's <laughs> great. Go ahead, Neil. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a treasure, you know, like no doubt. And like you said, um, with 
the director of the Big Five. Like, luckily, I got to meet him one in Lunkins, you know, with with Sonny Hill, you know, like when he was the director of the Big Five, and even. Didn't he do a lot of Eagles games as well? He did Eagles games for yeah for a lot of years. Hey, I I want to get your your thoughts on the Eagles before we got to hit the break here. Uh, Okay, well, uh, but before that, um, I'd like to say you know the the Phillies could honor him like he mentioned about Dave Zinkoff. So maybe they should be a street Dan Baker way or Dan Baker, you know, like that. I think the Phillies should honor him like Dave. Zinkoff was I tell you how the Phillies should way. honor him as the Sixers honored uh, Zinkoff is the 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 Sixers have the retired numbers mm-hmm. and they have the microphone up yes. there for Zinkoff. Dan Baker deserves to be. Hey, we may get into this discussion later. The guys who are going on the Wall of Fame today, to me, eh, a little little. I don't know. Those are Wall of Fame guys. I would take a Dan Baker microphone on that wall. Here, here. Absolutely. 215-592-9494. Hey, coming up, what we're watching. Hey, listen, we do it every week. Mike's got a uh, documentary he's been watching that, that sounds extremely powerful. But, but the best part is we finally have our new open for what we're watching. <laughs> I, I listened to our listeners who reached out to me. Got some new sound in there, updated it, more current mentions. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to give it a listen and see how many you can identify. Howie, were you uh, were you seven for seven? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, I got them all. Okay. I got them all. There you go. My, my pop culture creds are up there with anybody. Right. <laughs> 215-592-9494. Hey, it's back to school time. That means it's also time to drive the kids everywhere to and from school, sports practice, doctor's appointments, you name it. Luckily, United Tire has some sweet deals to make sure that your car is in tip-top shape for your kiddos. Now through September 30th, United Tire is offering a rebate of up to $150 on select Goodyear tires. Stop by your local United Tire today. Take advantage of these A-plus deals while they last. Don't drive alone. Drive United. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to.
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I have to first say I'm delighted by that. Oh, I think it's terrific. And I appreciate our our, um, our guy, Matt Pataglia, who put that together this week. Um, I sent him a bunch of clips and requests and said, can you weave all this into something? Uh, but I also wanted to keep the voice of Brian Haddad, who did this thing for us 15 years ago, and he was able to do that while weaving in his voice, which was not an easy thing to do. Uh, I got in a Game of Thrones. I got in Anchorman. I got in uh, Larry almost David. Fa- almost famous. Almost famous. Yeah, it was terrific. Godfather. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know what? Give it one more time. I'm Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time for what we're watching. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. The best in current movies and TV. Boy. That escalated quickly. I am a golden god! With Glenn... Mike Sielski. Hey, Mike, come here. Let me look at you. Michael! Hey, Mikey! Pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, and uh, the ending is so great. And I just want people to know that what we're watching, which has always been Saturday at this time, is now going to be Saturday and or Sunday at this time because... You watch a lot of good TV. Jody watches a lot of good TV. I do. We go to movies. And so I want you and Jody to both kind of have the opportunity to do it. And it gives me a little more flexibility if I have something or don't in a particular week. So you will be hearing what we're watching 1125, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday, sometimes this week, both days. You're about to, to review something. I'm just going to say that um, I think tomorrow... I'm going to review this uh, miniseries I've been watching called Blackbird Mm -hmm. on Apple TV Plus, which is um, about a guy who is a convicted uh, drug dealer and arms seller who gets offered a deal from the government that if he goes undercover in prison and gets a guy to confess to a crime, he will get a lighter sentence. That's the oh. that's the premise of the show. I don't want to give you any more. I want to watch a few more episodes before I review. But so far, so good with Blackbird. But you, my friend, watched a documentary series this week. I did. Uh, three parts. Uh, so it was easily done in a couple of nights. Uh, and it is called Trainwreck. Uh, and it is on Netflix. And it is all about Woodstock, but not Woodstock 1969. Not not the good one. (laughs) Not the good one. It was about Woodstock 1999 uh, and the three days of music and destruction and general, what would be, chaos? Yeah, jackassery and chaos uh, that took place in upstate New York over those three days. Um, 
it's it's a really interesting documentary to someone, and I hate how this sounds, from my generation, uh, as someone who's 47, who was in his 20s throughout the 1990s. Uh, it allowed me to kind of think back to uh, that time in the country, that time where I was in my life, and um, it really gave it gives viewers an inside look as to why this was such a terrible event and why it went so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says something about our society, too, I think. Um, you know, th- there's this contrast between the naivete of the people who were involved with the first Woodstock getting involved with this one. It was all peace and love and three days and there, nobody, there were no fist fights, nobody got hurt. And they thought that Beautiful, was going to happen again. A lot of drugs. Yeah. Um, well, there was, all, there was a lot of that stuff. A lot of drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but there wasn't a lot of peace and love. Um, there was a lot of fires and fights and really inappropriate behavior um bros being bros exactly and uh you know like i said it's an interesting look at that time and that kind of slice of our cultural history how's the music because the original woodstock i mean i bought the soundtrack of that and played it for 30 years and the movie the original woodstock it's like oh my god this is crosby stills nash and young first time they got together and richie havens and joe cocker and 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 you know everybody was there it was great the music is not a point of emphasis in this documentary. Oh. It's really not. And and in some ways that's good because while you have uh, this list of acts that appeared during Woodstock 99 that includes artists like Sheryl Crow and Willie Nelson and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you also have some who you look back on and go, or at least I do, and go, people listen to this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Corn uh, and Limp Biscuit, which is just not my cup of tea, and yeah. a lot of... Those sorts of bands were doing a lot to get a crowd of close to 300,000 people really riled up uh, and really not in a good place. All right. So what's your grade for this? My grade actually is three stars out of four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty honest, revealing look at this little slice of our cultural history um, where if you look hard enough, you can see precedence for what comes later with kind of exhibitionist behavior on social media and things like that um you know this is 1999 this is before this is after the cold war has been won and before 9-11 when everybody thought Uh, everything was awesome yeah we were in pretty good comfort level for those couple of years all right so worth watching there you go and the name is train wreck and it's on Netflix? Correct. Trainwreck on Netflix. Good job, Mike. All right, by the way, what we're watching, of course, is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Window's big summer sales event. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call one 877 go guida or visit com. Jack in Santa Barbara, what's going on with you this morning? Hello, Prof. Hey there. It's good to hear your voice. And Mike, nice to meet you. You too, Jack. Uh, I'm on a Dan Baker plan. I've been there with with Ray and Glenn and <laughs> not missing any of my surfing mornings on Saturday. It just doesn't happen because I'm sitting in with these guys. And now I'm, I've got this new journalistic connection with both of you, and I love it. Thank, Thank you. Absolutely. Um, I, I do have a uh, what I'm watching uh, tidbit to give you, Glenn, sure. before I give make my point. So I I stumbled on to Mark Knopfler, and I know you're both music guys, mm-hmm. very much, especially doing Knopfler. doing all his his solo albums, not Dire Straits, right? And it's it's five parts, and. I'll say no more. Oh, it's a documentary so, on Mark Knopfler? It's a, oh, it's yeah. a show? Oh, yeah. oh what's it on? It, well, 
it's on YouTube. Okay. Okay. I can find it. And that. right after that, I found the five part piece about Joe Montana, which I think is taken from a 30 for 30, but that was incredible too. Okay. But the piece about Knopfler is not many songwriters give you a lot of insights how they write songs. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is not to be missed. I think you'll, I think you'll love this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, j- just not to interrupt, Jack, but Knopfler. No, it's fine. Yeah, Knopfler yeah. did uh, music for several feature films. You know, he's on soundtrack oh, after oh. soundtrack, including sure. uh, what is one of the most beloved movies of all time, The Princess Bride. He did the, all the he music. Did the for soundtrack that. for that? Yes, he did. I never knew that. I always just figured Randy Newman did every movie. I, am I going to have to carry you on this show yes, every week? Yes. <laughs> why do you th- Why do you think I wanted to bring you in? <laughs> yes. Uh, quickly, what do you got in the Eagles, Jack? Okay. So, so the, the other piece I watched was about Sam Mills because I wanted to watch about the coach, you know, getting set up for for today yeah. for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Sam Mills and, is also going in to the Hall of Fame today. Uh, people here remember him for the Philadelphia Stars. Yes. So the Kobe Dean, he has a model. Yeah. For yeah. for to follow that. You know, where everybody says, oh, no, he's too small, and what a great piece. Short okay. style. I'll, I'll look for the Jack, always a pleasure. Short guy heroics. Sam Mills was maybe 5'9". Yeah. I mean, I think they listed him at 5'11", which was extremely generous. Yes, very very I, much so. I've not stood next to Nicobe Dean. I'm told he's a legitimate 5'10 and a half. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's it's an interesting comparison, and if Nakobe Dean has anything like oh. the career Sam Mills had, he'll yeah. be he and the Eagles will be in good shape. <laughs> will be great. Uh, Sam Mills getting in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, Art McNally, who was the uh, head of officials for many years, who's a local guy, is getting into the Hall of Fame posthumously. Uh, posthumously, excuse me. And of course, Dick Vermeil, uh, Ned, in Lafayette Hill. What's on your mind, Ned? Hi guys, thanks for uh, for allowing me to come on this morning talk about Vince Scully and Dan Baker, two guys that really add to what baseball really means to this to, to this country and, and to our city. I don't know if, if, if it's ever been played or if you guys are aware. Because the Phillies broadcasters could not participate in 1980 in the mm-hmm. World Series, Vince Scully called that series. And yeah. his, his call of the ninth inning and especially Willie Wilson striking out, is classic. And I had my father had made a tape of it. For some reason, he thought to tape it while everybody was watching the game. And I don't have the, the cassette anymore, and I've been searching for it because mm. it, it's exactly what he he gives the time. And, you know, he says that it's, you know, he, he, did, he did a He sets the moment for history, which was one of the things mm. that was – kind of a hallmark of his brilliance. He knew when it was a big moment, as the one you're describing, as I talked earlier about the Koufax no-hit or whatever, he knew to kind of place it so that people hearing it 10 years later, 20 years later, would, would kind of get the sense of, of the moment. Right, and, and as I recall, he, he says whatever it was, a fastball, you know, got him swinging, and the Philadelphia Phillies are champions of the world, which at that time, to me, was... To hear somebody say that was, right. was magical. Well, no, no one had ever and, said that before. Exactly. Uh, what do you got quickly on Dan Baker? He's he's a classic. He makes going to the ball games um, part of like a, a Philadelphia ritual, 
And um, he's, again, what makes the Phillies part of the fabric of the city, whether they're good or bad. Dan Baker's there, and he's going to welcome you into the ballpark, and you're going to recognize that voice. So um, two voices that, um, that that play a huge role along with, with our other guys that, that were, you know, Harry and White yeah, and everybody very, else. very nicely said. Mike, let me ask you this. So we talked about um, Zinkoff mm-hmm. a, a little bit ago. Um, by the way, Debbie Gadonis, um, big daddy, big daddy's widow, texted me a little bit ago, and it was a picture from their wedding of Big Daddy and her and Zinkoff. Wow! Who announced them going down the aisle? Oh man! Now as husband, it'd be great, husband and wife. I can't do Zinkoff, <laughs> and that was that was a that was not it. But in this town, we we had Zinkoff, um, got Dan Baker, um, Lou Nolan, mm-hmm. right? Um, John McAdams at the Palestra. John McAdams at the Palestra. Um, I'm forgetting the guy who does the Sixers now, who's terrific. Oh, Matt, Matt Cord. Cord. Matt Cord. Um, and we know these guys, right? Yes. And we know their names. We, we And we know who they are, and we listen for them. Yes. I've worked in other cities, and I don't, I don't get that in other cities. I worked in Detroit. I grew up in Buffalo. Went to a lot of games in Boston. I don't know that in other cities, stadium and arena announcers are the celebrities, are the, the celebrities, not the word that I want to use, are the fabric of the sport that they are here. I think you're speaking to something that is really intrinsic and unique about Philadelphia. You could almost say the same thing about uh, local newscasters, that people treasure the relationships they perceive to have with people like Jim Gardner or Lisa Thomas-Laurie, people who have, been, who have done the job for a long time. Uh, and I think the public address announcers and the voices that you're talking about fall into that category. There's no sense of this is artifice. This is something that we feel we need to do in the moment to try to enhance your experience. Your experience is going to be enhanced just by being here. You are part of the community. You are a Phillies fan, a Flyers fan, an Eagles fan, a Sixers fan, a fan of Big Five. And... We are here to make you comfortable and familiar and excited, and we have these people who do this and do it well, so this is part of the fabric of being a Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said this before in terms of our broadcasters, yes. right? In terms of the Merrills and the, and the Franskies and LAs and the Harrys before them and you know, the Jim Jacksons and the people like that, that we don't always have great teams, but we've always had Hall of Fame broadcasters. And I think everybody knows that. But the guys who are the PA announcers are in this town huge. First time I moved here, first time I went to a Flyers game. Okay, I moved here in '86, uh, in the in the, and I went to a Flyers game that winter because I moved here in November. And I went to my first Flyers game, and I see before the game this guy's walking across the ice, and people going, "Ooh!" I'm thinking, like, why are they booing that poor guy? Yeah, they're not booing. They're saying, no. "Lou." I, I knew. They're, cheering, they're cheering the PA announcer. They're recognizing him, and that was 35 years ago. I he's still doing it. I, growing up a fan of the Phillies and the Flyers in particular, I knew Dan Baker and Lou Nolan before I ever met them. Mm-hmm. Right from watching games on television, from going to the Spectrum and Veterans Stadium, because their voices were so much a part of the experience of following and watching those teams. And by the way, Lou. Like Dan, terrific guy. Oh, incredible. Terrific guy. guy. Incredible. Both of them are absolutely terrific, terrific people. Back in the day, Lou's son 
and my son were about the same age, and they played hockey against each other a number of times. And Lou and I would sit together in the seats in the stands, and then, like, by the end of the first period, we decided, like, you know what, maybe we, we won't sit together. It's like <laughs> too much hitting going yeah. on on that ice. 215-592-9494. Coming up at noon, we're going to talk about uh, the greatness of Dick Vermeule getting into the Hall of Fame. We want to talk to you today with Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. There you go, Mike. Great, great album. Dire Straits. Great album. Brothers great in Arms. The big hit, Money for Nothing. MTV at its absolute peak. I was going to say, that's when you would tune into MTV to see these videos, and this was that cartoon video. Yes. The, the guy working uh, working around the house. It was just great. Anyway, that, that's good stuff. Hey, I need to uh, issue uh, an apology before we go any further. Art McNally is alive and doing great. He's 97 years old. I apologize for saying otherwise. Congratulations to him on his long-deserved induction into the Hall of Fame, and I'm delighted that he will be able to enjoy it. I apologize for saying otherwise. All right. It is Saturday, which means that this is the time we check in with our doctors. From Cooper Bone and Joint, Dr. Mark Pollard is with us today. Doc, how you doing in this hot weather? You doing all right? I'm doing great. Thank you. Hope you guys are doing well also. We are. Um, so I want to ask you a question. As you know, uh, NFL training camps have kind of changed. The Eagles are not tackling. They're not hitting. Uh, and, well, the lines, the line offensive and defensive linemen do bump into each other. Um, they're wearing specially padded helmets, these Guardian helmets at practice. I'm sure you've seen those. Um, mm-hmm. Doc, there's more contact at the cafeteria line than on the field. <laughs> And yet, two players reported with concussions this week. Offensive tackles Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard. I have I don't know how they could have have incurred the concussions. Has the standard changed for what is a concussion? Has the testing gotten better? Are we we you the medical community now more attuned to it? So we'll be quicker to suggest that somebody's got one. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. You know, a concussion, there's no test for the, there's no lab test for a concussion. You can't get a, some kind of a scan that says this is a concussion. Essentially, it's symptoms that follow a, a, a blow to the head. And so, you know, as over the last 20 years, certainly, um, as awareness of concussions has gone up and you know, sensitivity to it has gone up, I think that there's probably, um, uh, a lower threshold uh, to you know, consider things a concussion. You know, obviously, you know, we used to say somebody got their bell rung, and you know, they they wouldn't necessarily call that a concussion. But you know, I don't know officially if uh, you know there's been some kind of a a standard. But I think certainly there has been a tendency uh, to call more of these incidents concussions. Doctor, is it? A concussion or a head injury seems to me as a layman to be an injury that is really particular to that individual, more so than, say, a broken bone uh, or a, a torn ligament or, you know, something along those lines. Number one, is that true? And number two, how difficult does it make it to treat head injuries, given the, the fact that they seem to vary so much from individual to individual? Yeah, it is, certainly it's, you know, it, it would seem much more difficult to, to uh, treat these head injuries because 
there's probably more that, w- that we don't know about it than we do. Um, you know, if it's a broken bone or a torn ligament, you know, there's all kinds of studies, evidence. You can tell how things are going. You can get x-rays to follow bone healing. You can get MRIs to look at ligaments. And so you have some kind of objective, uh, you know, data to kind of guide your treatment. Whereas with a concussion or a head injury, it's completely dependent on, you know, mostly upon reported symptoms. There are some things that you can look at, you know, like the uh, eye motor and or muscles around the eyes and so forth. There are some things that can give us some data, but by and large, most of the, the data that we have is just, you know, reported symptoms. Yeah. That, of course, can vary individual to individual. Dr. Pollard, uh, it is always a pleasure to speak with you. We hope that you have a great week, and we hope that uh, we don't ha- we continue to not have any real serious injuries to discuss. <laughs> well, hope so, but the cafeteria is a dangerous place. There you have it. Thank you very much. You got to watch out for those slices of apple pie. They're not. Hey, listen, you get those big boys in line for something; the elbows are flying. I hey, would imagine. Hey, and if you've eaten in the Eagles cafeteria, um, the, the food there is absolutely terrific. They used to let us in there, you know, back on draft night and things like that. But it was uh, hey, it was smoothies. well worth the, rumbling over the, the food chip there. smoothie machine is operating at full tilt. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> oh my gosh! gosh yeah. Oh yeah, and it would be like you know, here's the kale, mm-hmm. and here's this, and the radishes, and here's the, you know, the fruits, and and. Each guy would almost have like a prescribed thing he was supposed yes. to get. A chip was huge on that. Yeah, and look, that's kind of standard operating procedure oh, yeah. nowadays in the NFL and all these other sports. You know, you can track everything. Chip had a lot of nonsense, but some of it was not nonsense. Yeah. Um, what was I going to? Oh, oh, I was going to say this. So we're not going to see my lot of play on next Friday. I don't know how much we'll see him play during the preseason. But Dillard is a guy, yes. and again, Dillard's the other guy who reported a concussion. That I really want to see play, in part because I think they're going to try to work him in at right tackle some to see if he can play both sides, but also he's a guy you might trade. Exactly. Um, You know, it speaks to how well the Eagles find and develop offensive linemen that there's not more outrage or discussion about the fact that the Eagles moved up to take Andre Dillard in the first round, and he is not starting for them or even playing for them. because Mylotta is so good. He exactly. saved his butt. Um, but you're right. I, I would have been curious to see him play as well, and now that possibility seems remote at best. Silvio in Turnersville. What's happening, Silvio? Hey, guys. How are you? Great, um, Silvio. Uh, you know, I'm calling because uh, I'm an I'm old friend of uh, Mike's, and I <laughs> uh, just wanted to let him know that we're out here supporting him and, and proud of him. Happy that uh, he's doing you. so well. I, I think just, you know, that by the nature of your friends and family listening, ratings are going through the roof. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I stood out on the street corner at Broad and Market and just <laughs> passed out dollar bills to anyone who would call <laughs> in. Thanks, Sil. No problem. I passed that line twice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just want to say, you know, Glenn, I've, I've loved your show. Uh, listen to you and Ray, you know, just about every weekend made me look forward to uh Coming out to do yard work. Thank you. Um, Appreciate you know, it. And, and <clears throat> look forward to uh, seeing you guys, you know, as you go forward. Um, you know, the Phillies moves, love their recent moves. You know, it'll be a, an interesting and fun, you know, late summer and early fall. So uh, just looking forward to that. And uh, and that's all I really had. Just wanted to. Uh, nice. Well, you know, I, we'll, we'll always take a compliment, and we, and we appreciate that. Uh, let me get this before the break so that we can get Milt out of the way. Hey, Milt. Hi. Uh, good morning. I've really enjoyed uh, your new show, new format. Thank you. Thanks, Mel. Uh, I wanted to talk about Dan Baker. I Dan and I met in 1964, believe it or not. 
Um, we were trying out for the basketball team at then Glassboro State. Is that right? Now, wow. Now, Rowan, we played, and we played two years together, became instant friends, and um, started going to big five doubleheaders and just everything, our love of sports sort of mirrored each other. All right, but my let me ask you I, this. Yeah. Did he have game? He did have game. And we, interestingly enough, we got to play by some quirk of fate, the Princeton freshman, the last game of the year, in the prelim game before Bill Bradley's final home game. Oh, whoa. So uh, that's all. Dan and I talk about it every time we get together. Uh he and his wife, Kathy, have been dear friends for years now, and we were there last night with the family and all, and uh, he is, you said it, Glenn, I mean, he is simply the, the nicest guy. There's, You wonder, could somebody be that good? Yes. He's never been any different. He works hard. He loves his family. He reaches out to everybody. He always has. Um I I just I, when I heard your show I turned it on driving somewhere and I was so happy because I we were so thrilled last night and of all the memories of the night at the end of the night we're uh, leaving the the sweeter we were going to drive Dan Kathy and Kathy's sister home because they only live five minutes away we're walking through the whole concourse around he's getting standing ovations yeah. and cheers and people coming over and custodians and everybody just congratulating yeah. him. It was so Everybody emotional. knows him. Thank you, Milt. Everybody knows him. Everybody likes him. Everybody respects him. You earn that through years of being a great guy. I'm picturing Dan playing basketball yeah. and calling his own <laughs> shots. Dan Baker for two. <laughs> that had to be fun. That had to be fun. Two one five. I read the piece I read about him, um, which um, was in the Athletic. Talked about he talked about how before he did the Phillies thing, he was announcing for like a Daredevil um, show, what, like an evil, like, a, like an evil. Kind of no, literally, yes, evil Knievel. Oh wow, yes, and these motorcycle guys who would do these things, and that's that's how he got to start doing that stuff as a young man. Yeah. 215-592-9494 with Mike Sealski. I'm Glenn Mack now. Coming up, talking about Hall of Fame guys, we're going to uh, give our thoughts on Dick Vermeil going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which is happening today. Great stuff, and we want to hear from you. 215-592-9494. Mike and Glenn. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.